Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Well, good morning again. It's so good to see you today. Man, it's just, boy, I love the excitement this morning. All those dancers up here, you know. I mean, I almost got the dance on myself, and that was... um, that would have been a sight. Hey, uh, thank you for helping send kids to camp. camp campus life changing for me. In fact, the life group that I attend, I don't direct it, but I attend, uh, I just hate, I hate to let you know this, but we raised enough money to send eight kids to camp. So I hope that you're doing good. <laughs> want to send all the kids that want to go to camp to go. We're starting a new series today called Dreams. Now, we're not talking about those night dreams when we have people say, well, what's that dream mean? Is that I had an elephant last night in my dream. What does that mean? Well, it means you need to get some peanuts, all right? <laughs> For that. So, but it's talking about a lot of other things, about purpose and stuff. So I just thought this morning on Easter, as we start off, there's so many good dream songs, and our band is so good. I thought maybe I'd have them to kick off on a song about dreams and If you know this dream song, just shout it out. Think you know that song, Dream On. How about I give our band a hand, right? As we say all the time, this ain't your grandma's church. You never heard Dream On on Easter Sunday morning, I believe, but it's good to have you. Hey, turn with me in your Bible to Luke 24. We're going to look at a great story today, and let's pray again. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we can just, oh, we can just sense your presence so awesome. We thank you, Lord, that we can uh, celebrate today the resurrection, new life, new hope, new dreams. So today we pray, Lord, let my words be exactly what you want. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't say. But Lord, I pray that you might be glorified, the saints would be edified, and the devil be terrified today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Wow, it looks so good to see you. Those of you that this is your regular home and those of you that are visitors, uh, thank you for coming today on this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for those of you that are watching. And anytime you're in our area, I hope you stop in and join us. Father's House, welcome our online church that's with us today. It was late at night and his mother had let the time get away and she said to Jimmy, Jimmy, it's too late, you need to be in bed, go on upstairs and I'll check on you later. Young Jimmy went upstairs and about an hour later his mother came up and she looked and he wasn't in the bed, he was over by the window, looking out the window at the full moon that was on that day. She said, Jimmy, what are you doing? He said, I was just staring at the moon. She said, well, you need to get in bed. 
He said, Mama, one day I will walk on the moon. Now, that particular thing and that story, the kid, the dream that was dropped into his heart, will be hard to realize that he had a motorcycle accident and broke almost every bone in his body. But 32 years later, the fulfillment of that dream happened, and young Jimmy, James Irwin, actually walked on the moon, walked on the moon. So he had a dream at a very young age of what he was to do and what he was to become. So in this series, we're going to talk about dreams. So let me ask you a simple question. Do you have a dream for your life? Do you have a dream for your life? Those of you that are watching online, do you have a dream for your life? I'm talking about a God-given dream, not one of those dreams that says, you know, well, I want this and this and this and this, and they're all just selfish things. But I'm talking about a God-given dream. And that doesn't necessarily mean, well, it's for missions or to be a pastor or to work at a church. It could be start a business that's going to bless people. It could be a musician, a singer. This book right here, bestseller on the Christian market, number one fiction bestseller, B.F. Randall, one of our own pastors. Went to the army and couldn't read. The sergeant said, what are we going to do with you, Randall? He said, what do you mean? He opened up a passage. He said, read this. And Ben said, I, I couldn't read it. And I got mad. He goes to me, asked me, and I didn't even read it. But he said, I came out of the army. And he said, I met a lady that taught me how to read. And he said to me, he said to me out there a minute ago, this is a fulfillment of a dream that I had years and years ago. And by the way, he's got another bestseller. It's going to be released soon. So we just give the Lord a hand clap for that. But what I'm talking about today is a dream. If you're taking notes, this is a, this is, you can write this down. A dream is your God-given projected destiny. Read that with me. A dream is your God-given projected destiny. It's the, if you want to write, it's the destination for your life. God gives his people a dream. He gives us a purpose. He gives us a mission. He gives us a plan for our life. And maybe you're struggling with that. Well, this series is going to really help you with that. And I hope you won't miss because next week I'm going to talk about, well, how do I discover my dream? How do, do, can I just do be anybody I want to be? And I'm going to talk about that next week. And also, we have growth track that's ever first, second, third, and fourth Sunday of the month. And in there, we have a very special class in which that we help you to discover the passion God put in your life. Listen to me. After your relationship with Jesus Christ, the second most important thing for you to discover is your God-given dream. Let me say that again. After your relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the second most important thing you will ever discover is the dream that God has for your life. Mark Twain said this, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you did. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, Catch the trade winds in your sail. Explore, dream, discover. So 
I think about that, and, and I was thinking and praying months ago, weeks ago about this series. And I thought there's going to be a lot of you here today that you had a dream. Maybe as a kid you had a dream. You know what? One of these days I will. And you have the gifts to make that happen. You know, some people say, well, one day, you know, I want to be an NBA player and all that. Well, you don't have the gifts for that. First of all, you're five foot tall and you're slow. All right. So it's not going to work. But I'm talking about those dreams at five years old. My grandmother used to ask me and she'd get me in front of people and she'd say, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I want to be a church God preacher. I want to be a church God preacher. Where did, where did that come from? Where did that come from? I, I have... I have no idea except that was a dream that God put in my life. And, and when I looked at, again this, this morning and in the first service, we had people standing up with didn't have enough seats. And I looked over to Anita and I said, can you just imagine what, what God is doing here? And I had so many times in my life that I wanted to give up on the dream because I thought I could never do it. I could never make it happen. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. My memory's not that great. I don't remember. But I'm so thankful as I stand here this morning that I didn't give up on my dream. But I know, I, yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. I give him praise. But I know in a crowd this size and people that are watching online, there are those of you that are here that you've given up on your dream. You went through a setback. You went through a divorce. I'm going to tell you, sometimes our setbacks are setups for the greatest comeback of our life. I believe that's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. Is that we, it was a setback, but it was really the setup for the greatest comeback of all. I mean, there are a lot of religions around the world, but there's only one that boasts an empty tomb because he's not there. He is risen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap this morning? Amen. So in our passage today, we're going to read about two people, Cleo and a friend, maybe his wife, had a dream. They really believed this dream with all their life so much that they sold their life out for part of this dream. But when they watched the dream completely collapse in front of them, they went back home. They gave up. And I know today it's not an accident that you're here. I also know that there are some of you that are young people and you don't have a dream for your life. You don't want to miss this series. And I believe today God is going to stir something in your heart and in your life. So let's read this story. Luke chapter 24. Are you ready? If you have your Bible, follow along with me. If not, you can read the Sky Bible, all right? That same day, uh, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, who we believe is Joseph's brother, Cleopas replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem that hasn't heard about all these things that happened in the last few days. What things, Jesus said, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priest and other religious leaders handed him over to, uh, to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. 
we had what? Hoped. No longer do I have a hope. We had a dream that we believed in. But we don't have a dream anymore. We had hoped. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. And all this happened three days ago. The rock band Green Day has a song, and here's some of the lyrics from the song. I walk this empty street on a boulevard of broken dreams where the city sleeps and I'm the only one and I walk alone. My shadow's the only one that walks beside me. My shallow heart's the only thing that's beating. Sometime I wish someone out there would find me. Till then, I walk alone. I wonder if the disciples thought that's their theme song. We're walking on the boulevard of broken dreams. We had hoped, we had believed, but now we're walking away and there's no one with us. I'm going to tell you, someone is here today in this service. I feel it more now than I did in the second service. And you came in here alone. You've been done wrong by people. You've done wrong by churches. I, I don't know what it is. I just, I just feel that heavy load. And you came in and you said, I, I, I'm alone. There's nobody I can trust. There's nobody I can believe in. But I'm going to tell you one thing. This man, Jesus, left the glory of heaven and he came to this earth and he lived a sinless life and he went to the cross to die for your sins and he's pursuing you this morning and saying, you're not alone. I am with you. Anybody ever felt alone before? Jesus ever showed up in your loneliness before? Aren't you so thankful today? So the disciples basically is, what else is there left to do? We just go back to where we came from. They're walking the wrong way. They're not walking in Jerusalem, looking around. They've already heard stories that Jesus is alive. I mean, they've heard those stories. But they're so broken and so confused right now, they're walking away from the last place they saw Jesus. They're walking away from the very center of what Jesus was starting. No doubt their hearts were heavy. They'd watched their hope extinguished. Because think about this, a week earlier, just a week earlier, it was Palm Sunday. Jesus was riding into the city. People were saying, Hosanna, he's the one. We worship him. Give him joy, give him glory. And can't you imagine their hearts? Wow, yeah, we're in on something that's big. We're gonna be on something that's gonna change the world. We're gonna be in on something that's gonna make a difference in people's lives. And in that next few days, hey, what's that dream? Crumble, break, completely fell apart. So what else could they do? Walk away. Boy, that's where some of you are this morning, isn't it? Jesus had given you a dream, and you used to be pursuing that. But because of difficulty, because of adversity, because of things you've gone through, you've just given up. You just quit. You gave in on the dream. And you thought, that would be nice, but I guess it's somebody else. Because if if it was really a dream from God, it would have been easy and it would have happened already. And I wouldn't have these setbacks and I wouldn't have these difficulties right now. But you came today, you came today maybe not even planning on coming because the Holy Spirit needed to speak into your heart the dream that he gave you to start that business, to write that song, to change lives, to do something. It's still burning, powerful in your life. It's just, it's just been put down a little bit. And I pray this series will fan the flames of that dream that it'll become more real than ever before. 
They were talking among themselves. I, I wonder what they were saying. I believe maybe Cleo looked at his partner or his wife that was walking with him and said, can you believe it? Can you believe it? First time in our life, we wanted to be part of something that would change the world. First part of our life that we felt like that maybe God could use us for something that would be different, that would change lives. And like everything else, it's been just taken away from us. Yeah, you're right. Man, could, how could we have been so wrong? But what about, those, what about the words that people said, he's, he's not dead, but he's alive. Well, now what is it? Yeah, but that's, that's just really hype. It's just really religion. Just hyping things up. And they're walking away. Can't you hear? Because some of you said the same things. Because when I said about walking away and what were they saying, you remembered the words that you said. I guess the dream is over. I guess it's impossible. I'll never be able to happen. This will never work. I'm going to tell you, when I look back in my life, I see things like that just like you. But aren't you glad that you persisted? Aren't you glad that you did? Aren't you glad that you... But you remember the words, don't you? You remember the words. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of their broken dreams, Jesus appears. Now, if Jesus had been like a lot of good religious people, he would have said to them, Hey, you boneheads. I mean, when you read this in the original Greek, sometimes the English translation at the very beginning sort of throws you off. You think Jesus is reprimanding them, but he's not. He walks alongside of them in their brokenness to hear what's on their heart. And he says, why, why, are, you, why are you talking about this? And he gives them, he knew what was going on. Hello, he was crucified, right? But he wanted to join them in their brokenness so they could help them in their wholeness. See, sometimes we get this picture, as long as I'm walking with Jesus, me and Jesus walk in the same direction, he's right with me. But I'm going to tell you, some of the times he's with you more than other times is that in your darkness, in your despair, when you tend to walk away from him, he's going to show up right beside you in the midst of all of that. And he's not going to say, why don't you, you know, what do we say? We see somebody going through a tough time and we say nice religious phrases like, get over it. Doesn't that make you just want to smack somebody upside the head? Or they'll say, oh, come on. Why, why, why are you, you know, just, just get happy, be good. Sometimes you just can't, can you? Jesus never said that, but he walked alongside them in their brokenness. And then he began saying to them, hey, have you ever thought about what Moses wrote and the prophets wrote? Have you ever thought about the suffering Messiah that Isaiah said would have to come and, and suffer and, and be misunderstood? He begins to fill their broken heart not with shallow words, but he begins to fill their heart with the word of God. Because you see, if you get the word of God in your life and it's there, no matter what setback that you have, you can rely back on say, has there ever been a time like this before that I didn't have anything, but God brought me through, right? So all of a sudden, look at verse 28. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus. Now it's a seven mile journey. So I don't know how long the Lord's been talking to them, but evidently it's so long that they're captivated by everything that he's saying. 
You see, some of you, the reason you've given up on your dream is because you were captivated by religion instead of a relationship with Jesus. And religion beats you up sometimes when you don't act the right way. They were nearing Emmaus at the end of their journey, and Jesus acted if he was going to go on. But they begged him, hey, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. He broke it and he gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, poof, he disappeared. He disappeared. It's just like this resurrected Jesus. Every once in a while, no doors open, no windows, and he just appears. Then all of a sudden, he disappears. That's the power of a resurrected body. Those of us that are believers should think about that. And we shall be like him in our resurrected body. And so at one moment, I can be here. Poof. The next moment, I can be on the moon. Poof. Next moment, in the next galaxy. Poof. Be to places where nobody ever did. That's the joy of sharing in the resurrected body with this Jesus that's alive. If you believe that, let's take 10 seconds to give him a praise this morning. Yeah. Amen. 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 I look at that and I think it's usually, if I remember uh, Eastern culture, that the host would pick up the bread and bless the bread and give it. But on this day, Jesus himself lifts up the bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them. And their eyes were opened. Now, we read that in the English, and we think, oh, they just recognized the physical Jesus. But when you read that in the Greek, it said they totally comprehended who he was. All of a sudden, it's it's the Messiah. It's, It's the risen Savior. Now, I don't know what caused them. But I was thinking about that in the middle of the night last night, trying to replay some of these things as I couldn't sleep and just praying, praying for today because I know some of you would bring broken dreams today. And I have one chance, one chance to fire up those broken dreams in your life. And so I, I wanted to help you. So I'm thinking, what, what was it? I, I was trying to look at that scene in my mind. And then all of a sudden I thought, maybe they were with Jesus when he fed the 5,000. And he broke that bread apart and he was giving it. But on this day, when they broke the bread apart and he handed it to them, they saw the nail, the nail pierced places in his hand. Wow. And they recognized him. He is Jesus. And poof, he's gone. Why? Because Jesus did everything he needed to do. He rekindled their dream. He rekindled their hope. Look at verse 32. And they said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. And there they found the 11 disciples and others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord really is risen and he appeared to be. So they get back and they, I mean, it's nighttime. 
That's, but you see, when you get a real revelation of who Jesus is, and when you get a real understanding of the dream that you can be part of that's going to change the world, that's going to make a difference, you can't go to bed, stay at home, but you've got to go tell somebody that you've seen him, that he's rekindled your dream. And so they get back. And so there with the disciples, and then all of a sudden in the midst of that meeting, poof, Jesus shows up again. And he says, peace be to you. I know some of you are saying, I wish Jesus just poof, show up in my life right now. He is. He's here right now. Do you sense the spirit? He's here right now in a special way. You see, dreams are sometimes clarified by looking in the rearview mirror. It's after you've been through something. Then you look in the rearview mirror and you say, oh, I see how Romans 8, 28, that God worked that out for good. I mean, Michael, how can, he, how can he take somebody that's in your business world that you trust and bleed you of your inheritance, your, 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 your retirement and everything? And in that moment, I, I know you had to think, it's over. This dream's over. Can never do that. How, how, how will it ever work? But then look at you today. God takes what the enemy means for evil and he turns it around. I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about, I look in the rear view of my life and I remember when I lost everything. I lost my family. I lost my finances. I lost everything. I had, no, I had to scratch. I had to start all over. And in the midst of that, I thought, God, what's wrong with me? I've served you all of my life. Ever since I've been a kid, I've given you my heart to you. I've never really strained away from you. Never been perfect, but I've never just walked away from you, all right? And Uncle Billy Bob over there is living a horrible life, and you're blessing them and helping them. Why me? I've been there with you. But as I look in the rearview mirror now, so thank you, God. I see now how that you used what the enemy intended to destroy me. Because you see, what God can do, God is out to mature us and our gifting. And so some of you have been through tough times, but it's just simply that God is getting you ready for something that you've never even experienced before. Because you see, what they thought was the end, the cross, was really the whole emphasis of the dream. Jesus didn't come to sit on a throne, but he came to die and to give his life on the cross so that you and I could be saved, forgiven, and redeemed. You see, the dream was part of, the, the, the cross was part of the dream. What happened on that cross is that my shackles were put there and I was set free. My sin was on that cross. My failures were on that cross. My second guessings were on that cross. My regrets were redeemed on that cross. My doubts, my failures. You see, I just look back. When you want to know, does God really love you? Don't look at where you are right now. People say, well, I don't think God looks at me. Look at all I'm going through. No, look back to the cross. Do you see the love on the cross? That's Jesus who died for you to give you a fresh start, a new beginning. The dream had not died. It was the fulfillment of the dream. They just didn't understand it. In these next few weeks, 
Some of you are going to be able to understand some of the things you've gone through as God rekindles that dream. But I know some of you are saying, but I don't even know if I have a dream. Well, you do. It's just that you've never been helped to clarify that. I'm going to tell you, you've got a big dream. Because anybody who is a Christ follower has a dream. Listen to me, young people. Listen to me. I don't care what they tell you in the world. I don't care when everybody's focused in you. I'm going to tell you, when God created you, he put in you from the very beginning a dream. He gifted you in the right way. He led you in the right way. You just don't know the fulfillment of that. But I'm going to tell you in these next weeks, that's going to come clear and clear because this is a time that God is going to use you to make a difference with your life. You're going to hear some great stories about dreams rekindled. So there's some lessons for us to learn in this. First of all, if you're taking notes, here it is. You need to invite God in. You need to invite God in. This dream is not going to be fulfilled and clarified until you let God in. Because if he gave you the dream, he's the only one that can give you the clarity of the dream. You can, I, I can sit down and say with you, well, I think maybe this or I feel this or something else. But when you invite Christ, you see... When he got to their house, he pretended to walk on by. Why? Because he wanted them to invite him in. That's the first step. He said, behold, I stand at your heart's door and knock. He's not going to force his way in. He's not going to push his way in. But he's saying, I'd like you to invite me in. And if you've never invited him in, Oh, I sure hope you do that today. I really pray you do that today, along with about nine or 10 in the first service that invited Christ into their heart. Second thing I learned from this story is that you got to seek God's perspective. God didn't say to them, oh, get over it, get better. But he took the word. And they began explaining the word to him. That's why it's so important for you to come to church. That's why it's so important for you to get into a life group. That's why it's so important for you to have a personal Bible study time. I mean, even if it's 10 minutes a day, it's this word that's going to help you when everything else seems to be broken. It's not another drug. It's not another drink. It's not another fun fantasy. But it's this word seeking God's perspective. God, I... I feel like maybe this is a dream that you've given me, but I don't understand it. And he just simply says, let's get together. Let's spend some time together. Let me show you. Let me show you. There's some of you that are here today and you think I'm the least likely. God could never use me. He could never use me to do anything significant or worthwhile. But I'm going to tell you, God never created junk. He never created one person that's worthless. He never created, you were handcrafted. The Bible says that we are God's masterpiece. That means that we are handcrafted. Don't you ever let anybody tell you you're a loser. They wasn't expecting you. No, I'm gonna tell you, you're a king's kid. He had you in mind before he ever created anything. And he put a dream in your life. We need God's perspective. And thirdly, this is a tough one. Man, this is a tough one. This one sucks. Okay, you ready? We have to trust God's timing. We have to trust God's timing. God didn't allow the, the, inner, the, the disciples to sit in unbelief longer than they needed to. 
But at the right moment, they were able to understand who he is. And I know some of you are hurting today. I feel the hurt. Every once in a while when I'm teaching, the Lord will direct me to a certain person or a certain area and, and I, I just, I'll, I'll feel that hurt, the disappointment, the brokenness. It's interesting a lot of how many, so many of the words start with D, discouragement, depression, despair, doubt. And I know some of you are hurting. You're hurting like hell this morning. But I also know this. God has a perfect timing. And it's not an accident that you're here today. I don't care if you received an invite card and you showed up or somebody promised to buy you lunch and you showed up. You're here today on purpose. Because God wants to let you know that he's not through with you, that he's got something great for your life. Chuck Swindoll recounts the story of a friend of his Dr. Will Phillips of San Antonio, Texas. It's a story of the doctor's favorite patient. Her name was Edith Burns. And every time Edith would meet someone for the first time, she would say, hello, I'm Edith Burns. Do you believe in Easter? And then she'd take time to explain the meaning of Easter to them. And she would lead them into a relationship with Jesus. Months wore on and Edith got a bad report from her doctor that she had aggressive cancer. And Dr. Phillips said, Edith, I'm sorry to tell you, there's no treatment. It's too far gone. There's no hope for you. Edith said, doctor, why are you struggling so much with that? You've just given me a pass. I'm getting ready to go see my Jesus. I'm getting ready to go see my husband. I'm getting ready to go see my friends. So why are you so discouraged in giving me this pass? Because soon I will be with them. The cancer got worse and they hospitalized her. And the doctor said, I'm sorry, but there's, there's really nothing we can do except just to make you take the pain away. She said, doctor, there's one thing you can do. I don't want a private room. I want a room with other people. But she said, I want you to do your best to find me people who've never believed in Jesus, who've never surrendered their heart to him. And little by little, she introduced herself and she said, do you believe in Easter? And she would share them the story. One by one, almost everyone on that ward, nurses, orderlies, Hospital patients gave their heart to the Lord. Except for one, the head nurse, Phyllis Cross, the original G.I. Jane, Dr. Phillips said, because she had spent so many time in army hospitals watching wounded soldiers, watching soldiers cry out to God and ask for prayer and chaplains come to pray and there was no change in people's lives. She'd been married three times, divorced three times. She was hard, she was bitter, and she did everything by the book. One morning as Phyllis gave Edith a shot, Edith said, Phyllis, God loves you and I love you 
and I'm praying for you. Phyllis frowned, said, well, you can quit praying for me. It won't work. I'm not interested. Edith said, well, I've been praying that God won't let me die and go to heaven until you come in the family. Edith snapped, well, I guess you're gonna live forever because it'll never happen. And she turned and she marched out of the room. But every day when she came into Edith's room, Edith would smile and say, God loves you. And I love you too. And I'm still praying for you. After weeks, Phyllis's heart became a little softer and she actually became a friend of Edith. One day she found herself coming into Edith's room just drawn in somehow. And she sat down in the chair. She said, Edith, you've asked everyone on this floor about Easter, but you never asked me. Edith smiled and said, well, I wanted to many times, but God told me to wait. And so now let me tell you about Easter. She opened her Bible. She shared the story of this Jesus who came to this earth because he loves us so much and died on a cross for our sins, placed in a borrowed tomb because he wouldn't need it long. And on the third day, he rose from that tomb so that we could all have fresh life, a new beginning, a start over. And hard-hearted Phyllis gave her heart to the Lord. Unbelievable. A few days later, it was Easter Sunday morning. She came in to bring some flowers to Edith, but Edith had already graduated to heaven. She had a smile on her face, actually. She had a big black Bible laying on top of her chest and she had her finger on a passage of scripture with her left hand and she had her finger on another passage of scripture with her right hand. And Phyllis looked at the first scripture with her left hand and it was John 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I'll receive you to myself that while I am, there you may be also. And Phyllis opened up the Bible to the other passage. And it was Revelation 21 and four that said, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be there any more pain and the former things are passed away. Phyllis looked at Edith's dead body. She looked upwards to the ceiling and said, Happy Easter, Edith. Happy Easter. And then Phyllis left Edith's room. She walked over to a table where two student nurses knew on the ward came. And she said, hello. My name is Phyllis Cross. Do you believe in Easter? You see, those two Emmaus disciples, when they met Jesus as a risen Lord, they couldn't resist. They had to go share with the others. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. I'm gonna tell you, when you understand this relationship with Jesus, you just can't keep quiet. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, then I hope, then I hope that today will be the day that you invite him in. If you're here today and you've given up on your dreams and said it's too late, they'll never happen. 
I pray today that you'll allow me to pray for you. Here's a prayer early this morning. I didn't have this in my teaching and they just added it earlier this morning. But here's a prayer that came over my heart this morning from Ephesians chapter one, verses 18 through 20. And I'd like you to read it with me out loud. Read it, are you ready? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same power as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. The scripture says, I pray that your eyes will be open and you'll realize the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in your life if you're a follower of Christ. First of all, I want to pray for a couple things today. First of all, I want to pray for those of you who maybe have had a dream and you've given up on that dream, or maybe you feel like you've never had a dream. I want to pray for you that in this series, that God would help you to discover what that is and live it out. So here's how I'm going to do. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out or anything. I just want you to, I just want to know I'm on the right page that there are people that are here today that need prayer about their dreams or their past. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Just raise it high. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I need, I need the dream kindled again. I need to understand this. Let me pray for you. Would you bow your heads? Someone this morning, you've been walking away from Jesus step by step. You used to be involved used to really been serving him with all your heart and you could see a lot of things happening. But somehow through discouragement, disappointment, I don't know what it was, but you haven't been walking towards Jesus. You've been walking away from him. And I pray today, right now in this prayer, that you turn around, start coming back towards him. But I pray for those of you that are here today that you're the dream that you had maybe as a kid or maybe as a teenager or maybe just a year ago has been broken and shattered. I pray that during this series that the Holy Spirit will work in your life. I pray for those of you that are teenagers that are here today and you never had anybody sit down with you and say, God's got a great dream and a great purpose for your life. It's more than just going to school and getting a degree but he wants you to go to school, get a degree, maybe to make a difference in somebody's life, to use your life for his glory. And I pray today that God would help you with that. Next thing I wanna to pray today is for some of you who've never, you've never invited Jesus into your heart, and into your life, or maybe you used to, but you've gone away from him today. And you say today, Terry, I, uh, I really would like to invite Jesus into my heart and into my life. He left heaven to come searching for you. And he's touching your heart now. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. If that's you today and the Lord's knocking on your heart's door and saying to you, today's the day I would like you to open your heart's door and let me come in. Maybe you've gone to church over and over and over, but you've never really made a total commitment to the Lord. Man, I want to pray with you today. 
no more than the Lord wants you to pray. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do in just a minute. If that's you and you say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I need to rededicate my life to him. I'd like you to just raise your hand and make eye contact with me all over this house this morning, wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Others today, thank you. Thank you. Others today say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. That's me. Those of you that are watching online, just raise your hand right where you are. That's me. Today's the day I want to invite Christ into my heart. I want to know without a shadow of a doubt that if I were to die today, I would be with him. Thank you. If you don't know that today, if you're not sure 100% that if you were to die today, thank you, sir, that you're going to be with the Lord, please let me include you in this prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Pray this prayer with me today. Everybody will pray it together. Nobody should pray this prayer alone. Let's pray it. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sin. Never gave up on me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I come into my life as my Savior and as my Lord. As best as I know how, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.